The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindspo podcast. You are tuning in for another episode of Deep Diving with the Souls. My name is Rochelle Fox. I am the co-founder of Mindspo and Manifesty, and I am here with the other co-founder, my partner in crime and in business, Crystal. Hello again. So we thought today we would talk about something that I feel we could talk about very regularly on the podcast because it's something that we all deal with. It's something that we all navigate. And especially when we are on a journey of trying to figure out this life thing, trying to figure out who we are, what we are, (laughs) what our place is in the world, what we want to do with our lives, we can get kind of stumped and we can get caught up with just this kind of energy of worrying about what other people think of us, worrying about other people's opinions, worrying about other people's perceptions, worrying if other people like us, worrying if people don't like us. It's a vicious cycle. And it's something that I feel we've all had to navigate. And it's part of the human conditioning. I I don't think there is anyone in the world that doesn't care at all what people think. I think there are people that are learning to give less of a fuck about what other people think. And I am one of those people. I'm actively working on this. But at the end of the day, it is in our DNA to care what other people think and to want to be liked and to want to be loved. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be recognized. We want to be accepted. If you take this idea of caring what other people think and you go all the way back in time, this goes all the way back to when we were in tribes. We wanted to be liked and to be supported by the tribe because otherwise we would get outcasted. We would be left to fend for ourselves and that would mean danger. So having the approval and the like and the, I guess, love of other people is what keeps us safe. And we need to do work on this because when this is too overactive and we care too much about what other people think, it can be really detrimental to our growth, to our development, and it can stop us from being our full potential and stepping into who we are destined to be. And if you listen to this podcast on the regular, you will know that this podcast is all about helping you elevate into that person that you want to become, helping you step into the highest potential of yourself, be your full self, express yourself. So with all that said, let's dive in. Ah, Chris, I would say, babe, you are pretty good at this topic. In my life, ever since I met you, I've definitely been overactive in the caring what other people think. You, on the other hand, have always been a little bit more of a savage with this. So talk to me about your opinion on this topic. Well, I think the purpose of this podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, is to help people live their best lives, right? Mm-hmm. To to fine-tune your perception, to embody your greatness, to become whatever it is that you're destined to become. And I think one of the biggest hurdles to that is just to give in to that little voice in the back of your head, that little shy part of the personality that wants to make you smaller, that makes you not want to stand out, Mm -hmm. that makes you want to conform to what everybody else is doing around you because that's safe and that's what everybody will approve of. And that's what the, the imaginary neighbor in your head will approve of as well. And I really have just found that there's like a force There's a force that wants to make you like everyone else. And we have rules, we have media channels, we have popular sayings and ways of being that our parents and our teachers and everybody's reinforcing that is constantly trying to shape you into being this little brick that fits into a perfectly square hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. And as far as my pattern recognition has, has shown, 
that generally doesn't lead to a sense of adventure, a sense of fulfillment. That doesn't lead to anything new. And I see the people who have the most success and the most enjoyment in this life, they're people who don't really prescribe to this, at least not to, to you know, they, they break out of that pattern here and there. You don't have to do it with everything, obviously. You don't have to wear your pants on your head or something. But ideally, it's, it's when you look at the people who are most successful, who have the most lives that I'm not going to say envy because everybody's living their own life, but people who are inspirational, people where you see their trailblazers, they're inventing things, they're doing things their own way. These are people generally who, in the moments when it counts, don't worry so much about the approval of everyone else. They're happy to shock people a little bit. They, they're they happy to raise some eyebrows. And you say that I have this a lot less than you, and that's true, but I do still have that. I do still have that voice inside of my head. And it has definitely not been my entire life where I've been able to, I guess, observe it and ignore it at times. I think in my adult life from my mid-20s probably onwards, maybe my early 20s, I started to see the value in going in the opposite direction mm. wherever I notice it, wherever I see an opportunity that like, oh, everyone's doing it this way. Let's see what happens if you go the other way. Mm. And I still get the same feeling. I still get that sense of that cringy kind of like, oh, no, you're going to stand out. I still have that just like anyone else. Because like you said before, this is biological. I don't know whether that ever goes away. I think the people that you see on social media who run these channels where they're doing pranks in public and doing crazy shit, they probably still have that voice as well. It's not that that voice goes away, I don't think. I think it's that you just get really good at recognizing it and realizing that it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter. For me, the biggest shift came from learning meditation and becoming the observer of my mind. So I started to become familiar with my own mind and I started being able to put two and two together here and there. And I would recognize in moments where my mind would tell me like, oh my God, everyone's going to look at you and everyone's going to react like this and, and trying to give me this like fear response, this shame response. And then maybe I would go and do it anyway. And then I'd look around and I'd realize... Absolutely no one just noticed that. Mm. Like no one. I don't know. Like it's random little moments. Like you think, for instance, like let's say you're in a car park at the beach and you need to go and get changed. It's like, oh, do I take my pants off for two seconds and put on another pair of pants? A lot of people would never do that, right? They would be like, I couldn't expose myself in public. What if everybody walked past and took a look at me? And it's like, meanwhile, you go into a car park in Australia, every second surfer is just like dacking themselves for a couple of seconds. Like no one cares. Maybe not the girls, but the guys, yeah. Maybe not the girls, right? <laughs> but even as a guy, it's like, it, it's, it's like there's this weird sense of like everyone's going to see and everyone's going to notice. And the reality is that everybody else is also in that state. So like people aren't walking around totally confident and present looking for anyone that's dacking themselves in the car park. No one's doing that. Everyone's too preoccupied with the voice inside of their own head, mm. worrying about whether or not everybody else approves of them. What happens if they trip and what happens if they get a stain on their clothes? And I think for me, the biggest thing was just realizing that if I'm a relatively normal person, and when I observe my mind during meditation, I realize how overactive and how socially anxious and how self-conscious my mental chatter is, then I could safely assume that pretty much everyone else is dealing with the same thing. Some people maybe a little bit less. Most people probably more because they're probably not meditating. They're not turning that volume down occasionally on their head noise because it's directly correlated with your head noise. If the voice in your head is yelling at you that everybody is not approving of you and you watch out, then your anxiety goes up and you become frozen and don't really do what you truly want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think realizing that, yeah, holy crap, I think most people probably have this exact same thing. It means if everybody has it, then that is my permission slip to not really care so much anymore. One of the biggest gifts that teaching meditation has ever given me is 
having so many conversations with people about their own heads. And I can tell you as a meditation teacher, having conversations with people, no one is thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. We are so self-centered in our thinking. And when you realize this, I feel like it gives you so much freedom. And that for me is like being a meditation teacher is one of like the biggest gifts that I've had because just we've had so many conversations with people. And this is such an overactive part. I think something that you mentioned there, which is really interesting, is the whole idea of one, becoming the observer of your thoughts, right? When you can observe that part of yourself. And I do definitely feel through meditation and through installing this observer mentality that you are now able to just look at that part of yourself and look at it with more love. So when I have this part of myself pop up, this part of myself that is worrying about what someone else is thinking about me, I really look at it and I'm like, oh, this is like my caveman wanting to be approved, thinking I'm going to get kicked out of the tribe. Like this is this part of me. And like, how can I soothe this part? How can I address this part? How can I give this part a little bit more love and help it feel more safe. Because I feel in the past when I've just rejected it and been like, oh, I don't care. It's like, well, no, of course you care. Like you biologically, yeah. you need, you you have a, a desire to care. But when you can care less by actually soothing this part of yourself and listening to it and observing it and just having a little bit more grace, because I feel people have this, you know, idea that you have to, you know, completely kill this, this part of yourself off and I've definitely tried to do that. I've tried to kill that part of myself off, but I don't think it ever fully goes away. Look, I was saying in a podcast the other day that I did on like a life update that I I don't really... I'm at this point in my life that I think is really relevant to this podcast where I'm not really doing things in my life for the approval of other people. I'm always just doing things for the approval of myself. But when I go back to my journey with caring about what other people think, there was a chapter in my life where I deeply cared about other people's opinions of what I was doing. This was at the beginning of my spiritual journey, at the beginning of my personal growth journey. I cared about other people's opinion that I was meditating. I cared about other people's opinion of me changing careers. Like I really wanted other people to like and approve and to celebrate this new adventure I was going on. And at that part of my life, I remember I was getting so much rejection from me going in this new path that it was really freaking me out. I was like, I'm being rejected. People don't like me. And it wasn't that people don't like me. It was just that I was looking at these people that I have in my life that were a match to a past version of myself. And I was expecting expecting them to get on board with this new adventure. And now that I've been on this path for quite some time, I've realized that, you know, there are so many people out there that approve and love and accept and agree with me and are on the same path, but they're new people. They're not necessarily old people. And I feel this is where it gets really tricky with people when you're in this kind of growth phase in your life and you're in this transition phase in your life and you're trying to make people that you understood the old you, understand the new you or approve of the new you. And in those moments, I feel like you have to just learn to approve of yourself. You said something when we were planning this podcast, which I love, Soul, which was about intuition and how a lot of the time where we have an intuitive guidance, we have a piece of intuition that comes to us. And instead of listening to that intuition and acting on that intuition, we are looking to other people to approve our own intuitive guidance. Do you want to talk about that? Because I, I thought that was just so good. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I love that saying that that's been kind of circulating lately, and at least in my reality tunnel, which is that the desires of your heart were placed there because they're possible. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we all dream big. We all think we all have these moments of flashes of inspiration where we think about, "Wow, imagine if I did this." But I think so many of us then talk ourselves out of it straight after. We're like, who am I to think that I could achieve that? And I do definitely believe that if you dream it to be possible, then there are reality tunnels that exist where you achieve that. It's just a question of how much you back yourself and how relentless you become at pursuing that and reinforcing that until it eventually becomes reality. And that can sometimes take years. Quite often it does if it's something really meaningful and large. But I think when you read biographies about people, you you realize that these people who are like these titans of industry, these humongous sports stars or whatever else it might be, 
when you trace them all the way back until they're like a teenager or something, they're just another random person with a dream. So we think that like, oh, you know, who am I? It's like, well, you are you and that is enough. Like you are you. If you were born, if you're breathing, if you have a brain, if you have the ability to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, you have the ability to achieve the dreams that you have inside of your head. I always find it so funny. I feel like in life we are literally waiting for someone to anoint us. I find this so funny. I honestly, the amount of people that have this idea in their head, my old self included, that there was going to come a moment in time where some fairy godmother was going to float down and put some kind of like spell over me being like, Rochelle, you are worthy of your dreams. You are enough. You can do it. That moment never comes. Like, I I hate to spoil it for you, but no one is coming to tell you that you're worthy. No one is coming to tell you that you're enough. You have to tell yourself that you're worthy. You have to tell yourself that you're enough. That is the permission. The permission isn't from something outside of you. It is from something inside of you. It's an internal thing. Ah, uh, yeah. And I think the sooner you can realize that and, and actually fully like lean into that, the better, because I think a lot of people never have that moment mm-hmm. ever. They become, you meet people who are like in their 60s and 70s and they're still this like timid, small personality, not realizing that they have all this potential. They have all this capability. I think Colonel Sanders started KFC in the 70s or some shit. It's like you have the ability to consume information, to learn from people, to do things. Like it's all at your fingertips. It's just about backing yourself. And like you said, people are waiting for the certificate or the teacher, the mentor, the sword on the shoulders from the queen being like, you are now a sir. And it's like, it that, that doesn't exist. And that doesn't mean that there aren't certain constructs that we've created in society that make people feel that they finally have permission and they can work if you want those to work. But it depends on what field you're working in. If you're trying to do something new, You're trying to create something that there maybe isn't a giant industry around. Like I'm teaching people how to run retreats. There isn't an international retreat teaching association that I need to get my diploma from. I have to give myself permission to back myself enough, not only to feel that I'm worthy of running retreats, but that I'll be able to teach others to then feel worthy that they can do it too. That's a complete inside job. So I think some people just get fed up eventually you know, maybe in their 30s, maybe in their 40s. And then one day they just say, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it now. I've listened to enough Tony Robbins books. I'm just going to hit it. And then they start seeing a little bit of success. And then it creates a reinforcement mechanism. But the sooner you can just realize that only you approving of yourself and giving yourself that permission, that is the only thing that matters. Then mm-hmm. I think in my case, I feel like I've been somewhat blessed <laughs> It's some, it sounds super weird. And I don't mean to have a shots fired moment here, but like, oh, here we go. I feel somewhat here, blessed. Here, here we go. That I grew up with surrounded by loving individuals who, however, whose thoughts I did not put on a pedestal. Okay. I did not. I was, I, I ended up more going in the opposite direction of whatever advice I received when I was younger, mm-hmm. because it was always very, very conservative advice. Pull up your pants, be, be, behave, Chris. Don't ride the skateboard on the sidewalk. Don't burn things, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And I ended up just making a thing out of being like a little menace who would just go in the exact opposite direction. And that just kind of taught me to to just not get caught up in the construct, to realize that there are rules that exist and they exist because most people will abide by them. But the <laughs> the individuals who generally have the greatest success are, are one of two categories I've noticed. Either they learn the rules so well that they can see the holes that they can go through or in some cases, in mine included, I just ignore a lot of them. And if something really is that serious, I'll apologize later. And then it's like, if there is a sign that says, don't walk on the grass, I will walk on the grass. And then if some groundskeeper's like, get off the grass, I'll be like, make me? All right, all right, all right. Just joking. I'll get off the grass. Can you tell Chris has a problem with authority? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, look, this is just advice from me. This works for me. Just Try not to value advice too much from people who don't have what you want, okay? Mm. Because everybody's going to give you their opinion and their piece of advice and their little bunch of rules for them. But if if someone's giving you fitness advice and they actually aren't healthy, 
They're telling you how to live a healthy life, but they themselves aren't healthy. Someone's giving you advice on, on, on business and money, but they themselves are financially struggling. You're just like, you don't need to be disrespectful. You don't need to not give them any attention. You can still learn things here and there, but just don't take that overall model because clearly you've just showing me one more way that probably isn't going to work. And so- I think when you get older, like at this point that you're making, I feel like as you get older, you have to be mindful who you give authority to Mm. because authority is something that as you get older, you actually grant authority to things. Like there are certain authority figures in our social constructs that exist, yes, but outside of that, you are actually the person giving other people authority. It's like you are putting other people's opinions and other societies and, and organizations on a pedestal. And I feel you have to be really careful of this in your life. Like, where are you putting authority outside of yourself? And I did a whole entire podcast on this about like pedestals and also permission slips. And I think this concept is so important to analyze. Like, who has a permission slip in your life? Do you have the permission slip for your dreams or is your permission slip with someone else? Because when you give someone else the permission slip, it's like you're you're sitting there being like, well, when are you going to tell me I'm enough? Like, people do this with their parents all the time or they'll do this with their friend or their partner or insert whoever it is that they care about here and they'll literally be waiting for that person to say I'm proud of you or you did a good job and one of the best things you could do is just remove that power from that person put the power back in yourself and start telling yourself that you are doing a good job start living in alignment with your truth start doing things that feel good for you Mm. and because there are some people in your life that are never going to be happy with what you do or are never going to give you what you want. And I think that is really important to remember that not everyone is going to give you what you want. So you have to give it to yourself. And once you give it to yourself, surprise, surprise, we live in a universe that is reflective. When you give it to yourself, other people will give it to you. But sometimes you're not getting it from the outside world because guess what? You're not giving it to yourself first. So if you want something, show up for yourself first, embody it for yourself first, and then watch the universe, people, the environment around you change. And I think that that for me has been key. The more I give myself permission, the more I believe in myself, the more others believe in me. And I I think this comes down to thinking about like a podcast, for example, right? doing this podcast, talking and and saying things. The the more I've shown up for this podcast, the more I've believed in my message and the way that I'm delivering and my just my ethos on this whole entire thing, the more I've believed in it all, the more other people have believed in this podcast. And that belief has then propelled me to go, okay, I need to make sure I do more research. I need to fact check things. I need to really put in the energy and intention to make this all that it can be because I believe in myself. And because I believe in myself, other people are believing in me. And then that propels you forward. So I think we have to think about not caring what people think is in a way of you have to take the first step. You really have to, in life, always start before you're ready and take the first step. If you want to see changes, you need to be the person who takes the first step that gets yourself out of the comfort zone and starts that momentum. Because I see so many people that are kind of paralyzed by this, like they're just sitting around like waiting for someone to approve or give them permission. And you need to actually get the momentum going with this. You can't just sit around like idly being like, someone's going to come down and say that. I think people do this all the time. They like, they think. Sure. that their dreams are going to get handed to them on a silver platter. Or they're waiting for the right book or the right podcast. Yeah. It's going to come eventually, the right course. And it's like, you already have everything you need. It's a, it's you. It's already there. Yeah, you, you've just got to give yourself permission People to do it. People are doing what you want to do with far less than yeah. what you've got. There is a there mm. is an important nuance I would love to try to, mm. try to express here because I find that whenever we make changes as human beings, I find we generally like, we overshoot the goal and then we have to oscillate back and kind of mm. over correct so what i would love to illustrate here is that if you're somebody who really follows rules and maybe at the end of this podcast you're like inspired you're gonna i'm gonna become a total rebel and just not listen to anyone anymore then (laughs) i would humbly (laughs) suggest to 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 temper it a little bit right 
And so I'm a big believer in always finding the middle. Mm. Okay. There is a middle ground. And so if you are somebody who, for instance, grew up with very opinionated parents who really feel that it's their absolute number one job in life to teach you how to live life, even though you're already in your bloody twenties or something. And if you have these individuals around you where you feel that, Ooh, if you're going to start making some changes now and you're going to start walking to the beat of your own drum, you know, you're going to do your own thing. They might be triggered by that. And because you're not taking their advice or you're doing going against them. What I would suggest you do is to learn not to slap your hands on the surface of the water. Okay. To do it gently to remain respectful to other people's opinions. You can listen to their advice. You can nod. You can smile. You can give the impression that you're really taking it on. I've seen you do this. And so still on the inside, know that you're going to do exactly what you were going to do before <laughs> this conversation ever happened. Newsflash, Chris does this with me absolutely. all the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will tell it's Tom. mastery. I'm telling you, this, this is like this. I'm in a relationship where you cannot. I can't tell Sol what to do. Like he will not. He doesn't care. He is not. Thanks, babe. You know there are ways that you could manipulate me, I, but I'm not going to teach these to you. You uh, have to figure these out yourself. I already know the ways to do manipulate. You? I do. do I do. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> I have. Is that I why have... I'm doing all these things? I <laughs> is that why I'm recording three podcasts <laughs> today when I've got all this other shit yeah. to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do it with love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. 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 I'm trying to figure out now what you've figured out. <laughs> I, I love that advice. I think that's really yeah, good it's, advice. It's, it's so, so like you don't want to feed the beast, right? If there's mm-hmm. like someone who's always kind of directing you and kind of getting in the way, they're, they're urging you to be cautious, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, we have this absolute over, like probably the thing that's the most overactive in our society is the urge for caution, mm. right? The safety and security as if you will live forever. If only you are safe enough. Meanwhile, that's, you're probably going to die at the same time, maybe sooner, who knows, maybe a little later, but a lot less fulfilled. Most likely if you're constantly pulling up the handbrake, the moment that there's a little bit of, a little bit of a chance you could take. Right. Mm. So you don't want to make it harder for yourself by, putting your new decisions and your new direction up there for scrutiny, for pointing out that you're going to do something different to the one person that's generally standing in the way. So I would just, I would say, learn to live on two levels at once, Mm -hmm. right? Take those risks, have that different mentality where you're like, like, something I always say is like, hey, when everybody goes right, go left. You can always turn back around. You know, you might be at the, you might be a little further behind than everyone else, but then you just work a little harder to get further up the front. I can tell you nine times out of 10, when there is some big th- rush where everybody's thinking like this, the gold is in the opposite direction. I think another thing to mention here is if you care too much about what other people think, then be really mindful who you talk to about, about what it is you're going to do. Don't go around telling the person that you know is super opinionated and isn't going to what you're going to do, all of your future plans and all of your future dreams. Maybe just hold up, take some action, make some progress, get some results, then let your actions speak rather than your words. This is so powerful. Like I... I will do a whole podcast episode on this, but I literally have like my friends in my head categorized. And there are certain people that I am not telling things to when they are in the beginning stage. I am not going and sharing and talking about them. I am just taking action. I am doing them because I am not interested in their approval. I'm interested in approving of myself. And then if they want to have an opinion on the actions taken, then they can. But it's after I've gotten the results, not before. I think something else I want to say on this whole topic is when it comes to age, I want to say that as you get older, I really do believe we all naturally care less about what other people think. And this comes from exposure. There is this concept of exposure therapy that is getting a lot of action. And I'd love to get like an exposure therapist, like expert on the podcast. But basically it is this idea that you expose yourself to certain things and through the exposure to these cringe situations or these scary situations or these embarrassing situations, you build a thicker skin. You start to care less. And this makes sense. Like the more you're exposed to something, the more, you know, the more someone is thrown into water or the more you go, not thrown, but the more you go and do swimming lessons, the better you are going to be at swimming. It's like you're widening your comfort zone. Literally, right? By force. And I 
when you get older, obviously you are exposed to more situations where people have opinions. So here's a frame that I want to give you. There is going to come a point in your life where you will look back and you will realize that you do not give a fuck about what Sally from year 10 thinks about your cringe Instagram stories. You do not care what your crazy aunt thinks about your new career. You do not care if your mother approves of you dating that guy. You will just not care one piece. You will just be in a point where none of that matters. Guess what? That time is coming and that time is coming whether you know it or not. Right now, you could make that time happen in this moment. You could decide rather than waiting 20 years when it will happen by age to decide now when it actually really matters that you're going to go date the guy that you're actually in love with, that no one else understands, that you're going to go after the career that your crazy aunt thinks is, you know, insane. Whatever it is, like if you make this decision now, you're going to live a life that is more aligned with what you actually want and who you actually are. And then when you get to an older age, you will actually be like, ah, I did things that I wanted to do. I I didn't care so much about what other people thought. I lived a life that was in alignment to me and I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. And I think that the more I realize, the less I will care as I get older, the more fearless I've been in just doing the things that I want to do. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to die and no one's going to remember me at some point in history. I'm probably just going to be a bunch of JPEGs on the internet and maybe a YouTube video that someone comes across and says, wow, this girl really fucking loved her colored lights. And they're going to look back and be like, interesting. And guess what? Their opinions aren't going to matter because I am going to be somewhere with my ashes thrown across the wind outside in the ocean. And my soul is going to be incarnated in some other thing. And Rochelle will just be a memory that, you know, and what people think of me then isn't going to matter because what people think of me now isn't going to matter. Does that mean I don't 100% not care yet? No, (laughs) I'm still learning as the expression of Fox to care less, but I've learned to to change how I care. Even a little bit of improvement on that Mm. front. It's like people think that, oh yeah, I don't really care. Meanwhile, you're like at the 90 percentile mark. There's this weird thing where we we think that it's like, for instance, people, the average human is incredibly paranoid. Like the average human is so ridiculously paranoid. It eludes our own like ability to clearly Mm. see this, right? Yes. And you can use logic. Mm -hmm. You can use logic to tease this out. So if you're, for instance, a very cautious person, you're worried about things going wrong, I would ask you to look back in your memory bank at all the hundreds of thousands of moments that you've lived and ask yourself how many times those things went wrong. Mm. And then, and don't get me wrong, there may be some individuals who have had a bunch of really, oh my God, things went so wrong experiences that it might be justified to them. And there's if that's you, then that's all good. Mm. You can live cautiously. That may, Maybe that makes sense. But I would say for every one of those people, there's probably going to be 10,000 others who are being cautious with no real reason in their memory bank other than maybe the scary movies they consume, the shitty news that you're absorbing with just a horror story highlights reel from across the world. And, and then also ask yourself, even if, a couple of times, something might have gone wrong. Someone broke into your house. Someone scratched your car. Someone punched you in the face while you're in the nightclub, whatever it is, right? Ask yourself, is it worth to continually dampen your experience and be the cautious one mm. to avoid something like that happening one, two, three more times in your lifetime? Mm. Or might it be worth to temper that a bit to be a little bit more, let's take a chance. Let's go to, I don't know, let's go sing karaoke and have everybody laugh at my crappy voice. Because on the other side, the payoff for that is all these other experiences suddenly. Maybe you make new friends who are like, who really love your free spirit. Maybe you start some social platform and you speak more freely from your true soul's essence and people resonate. They're like, wow, I really love this person's just being themselves and unashamedly. Just ask yourself, is it worth it? Mm -hmm. Because there's a great saying by, I think it was Mark Twain, the author. He said, in my life, I have known a great many troubles and almost none of them ever happened, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, honestly, 99.9% of the problems that pop up in your mind, that you entertain, that you think about, that you feel, that you share with others, they never happen. 
they never effing happen. Mm-hmm. And so we think that like, no, I'm a pretty balanced person. I'm not really that paranoid. I'm not really that fearful. That person's sitting at 90%. Mm-hmm. And I would just ask you to just consider what's the worst that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you start that business, if you transition out of a job and take a chance, you saved a little bit of money and you're going to give it a go. All right, if it fails, if you were to fail, oh my God, nobody bought your thing that you invented, that you made, and you spent six months and you've lost all your money and now you're down to nothing. What, What's going to happen? Is it death? Because your nervous system might be making you think that it's death, but it's actually just living back with your parents for a few months or, yeah. or staying on your mate's couch or, or whatever, or moving to yeah. some country where you can live ch- more cheaply for a little while while you figure your shit out. Yeah, you know? that was one of the big decisions that we made where we decided to live a bigger life. We really did this like fear analysis where we analyzed ourselves and said like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay, the worst that we ha- have happened is that we live back with our parents and we have no money in our bank account and we start again. And I think that's what's really yeah, pushed us forward, going to the worst case scenario, decoding it and becoming less fearful of it. Something that really helps me push myself out of my comfort zone and stop caring about what other people think of me so much is to literally stop thinking about myself and instead focus on how I can serve and help others. So when it comes to worrying about what other people think of me, most of the time when I'm worrying about what someone thinks of me is I'm worrying about what they think of my shorts or my YouTube or my podcast or what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And when I'm doing this stuff, I'm doing it for other people. I'm doing it to help, to serve, to to get a message out there, to hopefully elevate someone to think in a different way, to try meditation, to explore these sorts of holistic tools that are out there. And when I think just about myself and what other people think of me, that can be really paralyzing. I can get all caught up in my ego. Instead, when I put myself to the side and I go, who is it that I am serving? Who is it that I am helping? Who is it that I am wanting to get this message to? If I worried about what I look like and I decided not to put these messages out there, what does that mean? Well, that means that person that is really struggling right now, they might not find meditation because maybe there isn't someone out there talking about meditation the way I talk about meditation. Maybe there is someone out there that isn't really super on a spiritual path, but they come across my videos and I I just look a little bit different and I speak about things a little different. So maybe they'll be intrigued and, and go down this rabbit hole with me. So if I wasn't to push myself to use my voice, that could be stopping someone else that really needed this kind of content. And when you take yourself out of it, when you remove your own ego and you instead think about service and think about how you are helping others, that can be so, so helpful. Because if I always just thought about myself, then I would stop doing everything I was doing. If I was just worried about myself and was just like in my own head, that would be paralyzing. But most of the time when I'm doing all this stuff, like before we record a podcast, Sol and I close our eyes and we think about the person that we are speaking to. We think about these messages, serving someone, elevating someone. It's not a self-serving thing. It's for service for someone else. And that is- We actually have a girl that came to one of our retreats who we always visualize and we imagine she's going for a walk. Don't say her name. I know, I'm not. I'm not. So there's going to be a few people who are like, maybe it's me. Yeah, but we do. We, we say her name and we we talk about her, that she was on a walk with her dog. And we talk about how this podcast episode is going to give her everything that she needs yeah. and that we're going to just speak from our heart. And that is always our intention. Like we're always thinking, I think also because Sol and I have spent so much time with our students. We, Mindspo is an online company, but we have run now like 28 or 29 retreats all around the world. So It's very different for me, I think, from some other people out there. Like I haven't been running online programs or just having a digital relationship with my audience, which is amazing, of course, but we have spent whole entire weeks with now like hundreds of people. So we have had a deep connection with all of the people and we've gone through them on like a seven-day journey. I know that these people on the deep level, like they really, people need these sorts of conversations and people are really struggling with this. I get messages all the time whenever I share anything on this topic like, oh, thank you so much. I'm worried about what my mom's going to think or my auntie's going to think. So this is one of these things that it's so helpful just to keep removing people from a pedestal and keep pushing yourself to do the things that are uncomfortable, to be the person that you want to be and do it despite what other people are thinking. And here's the thing. 
I get people judging me all the time. Soul gets people judging me all the time. None of our parents or our family understood us when we started this journey. This is part of the journey and it's not a reason to stop because someone- probably still don't and that's okay. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm sure there are friends of mine that look at my videos, that look at my thing, that think I'm an absolute kook, that are like, oh my God, Rochelle is just talking so much. I'm sure Uh, there is someone going, oh, fuck, man, uh, she talks about manifesting so much. (laughs) Fuck with it. Like, I'm sure. And look, Another thing, something that helps me so much is this line. You are not responsible for the version of you that other people have inside their heads. If someone else has a version of you inside of their head, if they have an opinion or a perception of you, guess what? That has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. So free yourself from the perception that other people have created about you because that's their perception. It's not you. (laughs) In fact, take pleasure in like kind of messing that version up a little bit. I at love least that, at least that's what I do. I because yeah. I, I find Soul does this so much. I find like this is and this is a little bit hard to describe, but there is a there is a strange place that exists where most people make binary judgments on things. They mm-hmm. say it's either this or it's like that, right? Mm-hmm. But then if you can find this middle area where you can maybe be both mm-hmm. or neither and then, like, there's a, a tremendous amount of power right there. It's kind of like a perfect example is, let's say you have a celebrity, right, who everyone assumes will probably be very into themselves. It's almost like they're allowed to be because they're so big, mm-hmm. right? It's actually a perfect example. Keanu Reeves, yes. right? The Matrix guy. Wow, huge actor. All right, then suddenly there's a photo. There was a video someone filmed where he was on a subway riding public transport, and then he gets up and gives his seat to this woman who's standing up. Now this video blows up and creates all this conversation. Why is that? Well, it's because there's a paradox going on. You wouldn't expect him to be in that place or to act like that. And so he has all this success and this, you can, you may be on a pedestal, Keanu. We are giving you permission. And then he decides not to put himself on the pedestal. In fact, he puts himself below others. Mm. And then that creates this interesting energy that can be really desiring people are like wow it's like magnetic so take pleasure in breaking the construct that people have oh well if you're like this then you must be like that right Mm. actually no i'm the exact opposite Mm. whoa what does that mean that's attractive that's interesting Mm. stop being constrained by these boxes that society has created or that maybe your parents or your mentors or your friends or whoever like It's okay if you don't fit into it. If I say something one week and then maybe within the next week I change my mind and then that person hears me say something completely opposite a week later and they're like, hey, 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 wait a minute. You said this thing a week ago and now you're saying this. I just say, I am vast. I contain multitudes. And I enjoy that moment of kind of mind fucking them a little bit. They're like, whoa, you changed your mind that much? Yeah, I did. And maybe I'll change it again tomorrow. Mm. It's just, just be internally referenced. Yeah. It's also on everything that you said before, there was a great saying I remember from Brendan Bouchard, where he said, in the morning, when you sit down for work, write on a piece of paper, who needs me on my A game today? Oh, yes. yes. So for me, that's you. For me, that's our students. For me, that's my grandmother. It's my mom. It's my extended family. You know, what if somebody has an accident a couple of years from now and they need a tremendous amount of money to help. Like I want to be in a position where I have the amount of financial leverage through the work that I've done that I can support these people properly mm-hmm. without needing it back, without any of that stuff. And that is all going to be supported by me not being held back by my own mm-hmm. little voice inside my head yeah. and my, you know, so. I, I think something you're saying there that I'd really mm-hmm. encourage, and it's a whole nother topic. We haven't really gotten into money that much in this podcast, but if mm-hmm. you have a judgment on how other people make money, do work on your own money story. Like when you are judging how other people make an income, how they do things, it's about you. It's got nothing to do with the other person. Shooting like, yourself in the foot. Everyone's got to get a bag, right? We live in a society where money is the reality. And unless you have a lot of money to go buy land and be self-sufficient, this is what makes the world go round right now. And that's just the point that we're in. And when you're judging other people and how they make an income and what they charge and what they do, that has so much more to do with you and your story and your energy around money and so less to do about the other person. This is something that I've had people pull me up on before and people that I kind of look up to. And it's really reminded me like, oh, 
okay, yeah, that that is me having a judgment on that because I have a judgment on that with money. And you have to, that's where this comes to always be internally referenced. And I feel like when you can love and trust yourself and when you can appreciate yourself, that is when you're going to care less about what other people think. And I think that it's really, really important to constantly just come back home to yourself. And I think just to wrap it up, my action step for this podcast, we could give you so many things to go do, but the one thing that I would encourage you to do if you haven't already done is just go and purchase our Mindspo meditation course. Look, if you listen to this podcast and you're not a meditator, so much of what Sol and I say and what we put out there, this is because of meditation. And whether, look, if you don't want to learn from us, learn from someone else, but we created a meditation course called the Mindspo Meditation Method. It's a 66-day, it has a 66-day challenge in it. It's a very simple course. It will teach you mantra-based meditation by far the biggest thing that has helped me on my journey of not caring what other people think and becoming the person that I am today is meditation. And it is a mantra-based meditation practice specifically, not doing guided meditations every day or manifesting every single day. No, actually becoming aware of that voice inside your head, that inner bitch, when you can learn to stop being your brain's bitch and instead become your own best friend internally through the practice of meditation, through showing up every single day and pulling your awareness back to the mantra, getting out of those self-deprecating thoughts and becoming aware, that is when you are going to make so much progress on all of this stuff. And if you're not already meditating and you're worried about what other people are thinking, your first step is to start meditating. I've said this to students before on self-love retreats when they're like, I really care about what people think of my mom. And I'll go, so are you meditating? No, I don't meditate Mm. yet. And I'm like, look, I can give you so much advice, but here's the thing. I can only ever talk what's worked for me. And if I wasn't meditating and when I do stop meditating, because I have experimented with stopping meditating, when I do stop, I give so much more of a shit about what other people think because I, when you aren't meditating, you are so internally referenced with the voice inside your head. You believe that your thoughts are actually you. You stop thinking that thoughts are things and you think that every single thing that you think is true. And you get in this kind of like matrix of just self. When you start meditating, you get separate. And you become inf- you become so much more influenced by your environment yes. because your brain goes onto autopilot. You go into mm. pretty much a perpetual state of fight or flight mm-hmm. unless you're self-regulating yourself with TV or alcohol or whatever. And oh, it's, yep. yeah, honestly, I can only second everything that you just said a second ago because mm. this is the, the foundation thing. practice. All of this wonder, all of these wonderful takeaways and personal development nuggets of wisdom, blah, 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 blah. That all grows on top of a slab that is meditation. meditation. It's if your give a fuck is a tree. I felt like I was trying to chop down a tree with my hand and then I learned meditation and somebody gave me an ax. It's like without it. None of this stuff, at least for me, my, oh, my every, everything for me changed when I realized, when yep. I learned how to systematically quieten and observe the voice inside of my head. Mm-hmm. Only then was I able to learn anything about myself and change anything about myself. And the thing is, meditation is a practice that helps me give myself permission, that helps me continue to be more confident. All the other things that we have mentioned, going out there and exposing yourself to more self-scary situations, all of those things are propelled through meditation, through coming home to yourself, through strengthening the relationship with yourself and getting separate from the thoughts inside of your head and realizing that not every single thing that you think is real. It's just a thought. It's not actually you. So don't over-concern yourself with thoughts. If you're having lots of thoughts about what people think of you, cool. It's just a fucking thought. It doesn't mean that it's the reality. The amount of bullshit scenarios that I have created inside of my mind that when I go meditate, the bullshit scenario where this person, I start propelling a whole entire situation scenario in my head that hasn't even happened. And I go in there and it starts when I meditate and I go, hang on a second. This is just a thought. This is just some bullshit. This is just me being my brain's bitch. This is me just getting caught up in a vision of the future, tripping out. And I go, nice. Back to the mantra. Back to the mantra. Back to the mantra. It's like those reps that you get in the gym every single day. 
It'll make you mentally strong. <laughs> so if you want to, if this hit just now, go to mindspo.com and I'm pretty sure it's forward slash meditate. It is. Otherwise you just go to the homepage and you'll see the meditate button there somewhere. And look, once you learn the Mindspo meditation method and you download Manifesty, which is our manifestation app, the Mindspo method is in there. So you can just use that every single day audios, for your audios. Yeah. And then there's a million and one beautiful ways that you can meditate. Well, not a million and one, but there's a lot <laughs> of different guided meditations on Manifesty sure. that can help with all this sort of stuff to help you visualize your future and help yeah. you feel more you can, confident. You can add these other meditations throughout your day, but the key is that you have this foundational Mantra. practice because that is literally your bicep rep for self-awareness that you continually do day in, day out. And that's what then enables all of these wonderful changes, all of this self-awareness, all of this less giving a fuck about yeah. the head noise of other people, making a getting a smaller ego, an ego you can actually control, hmm. and as well as regulating your nervous system, sleeping better, focusing more, all of these other things. It's you start this one ball rolling and it just starts going down the hill and it just creates all of this momentum. And hey, don't yeah. take our word for it. Read some of the testimonials on the Mindspo Meditation yeah. Method. And when you get to the end of the 66-day challenge, there is a comment section oh, yeah. and everyone leaves a big, fat, beautiful, juicy comment about how this has changed their lives, yes. how they've changed their careers, how they have stepped into the version of them that they've always wanted to be, how they're confident for the oh. first time in their life, how they're sleeping better, how their anxiety has decreased. I shouldn't be blown away because meditation fucking saved my life. It changed my life. I wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for meditation. Yep. Anyway, wow, wasn't expecting to go into a meditation sales uh, pitch, but when it comes to good. this topic, it is the thing that yes. is going to help you more than anything. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. We are sending you so much love. We are always here for your evolution. We are here to help and support you become the best version of yourself. And through that, we will be a little cringe. We will probably have people judge us and hate on us and love us. And that's okay because it is all part of the journey. And I really hope that this podcast really helps you just give less of a fuck, step into the person that you know you are destined to become. And like I said, stop thinking about yourself so much and start thinking about other people. Yes. Think about who is it that is going to benefit from you being your best self? Is it your clients? Is it your students? Is it your friends? Is it your sister? Is it your mother? Is it your kids? Who is it that is going to benefit from you getting over other people's opinions? Focus on those people. It will make this journey so much better. Anyway, we will see you in the next one. If this podcast episode resonated with you, make sure you share it because we should all care a little less what people think. Put it on your Instagram stories. And remember, don't stop being cringe. Just kill the part of you that cringes. <laughs> Love it. Bye, babe. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.